0: Good Wednesday morning to you. Welcome to Brewers Briefing. I'm Brooks Brewer. It's time for the Brewers Briefing show. And this is where we talk about what's happening in the world of current events. There's plenty to talk about. We'd love to get you involved in it by giving us a call on the Brew Lines or text us on the Windy Chevy text line. The number 918-756-3646. Text or call. One number will do it all. So just lock it in. Again, the Whitney Chevy text line and the brew lines are the same. It's 918-756-3646. Love to hear from you this morning. What's on your mind? Some of you uh, folks that don't normally get involved, come on in here. It's uh, it's okay. We'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. We do it Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Fridays right here. And good morning to you. Welcome to the program again. We podcast the show, which you know, if you've listened for any length of time at all, it's out there on Apple and Spotify and Google and Stitcher. And I don't even know where else. Is there are other places? Probably. Anyway, it's called Brewers Brewing. We have a phone app you can also download for your phone. It's pretty handy for the brew. Just go to your uh, app store for whichever phone and, and look up The Brew, and you'll find it there. And what else? So we, we, uh, we broadcast online. Listen to the brew.com is the website. I'm just throwing so much information out there today at you. And uh, and so well. Uh, so today's Wednesday, tomorrow's Thursday. We have a Thursday football game this week. Sam Harbin going to be bringing you that. It's going to be at Bags, Oakmoley Bulldogs traveling over to Bags, and that'll be on the Brew TV Sports, which can be found on our website at listentothebrew.com. dot You got all that? There's <laughs> lots of lots of brews going on there. So, let's take a quick look at the weather forecast. We always do that first, almost first. It's a little warmer this morning than it was yesterday. 65 outside and fair skies. Partly sunny today and high near 80 degrees. South winds 20 to 25. Lower 60s overnight. Tomorrow, upper 70s, mostly sunny skies. Breezy 25 to 35 tomorrow. Tomorrow night, a slight chance of a shower, but not very much, 30% then cooler, Saturday, Friday going to be 72, sunshine, north breezes, 65 for your high on Saturday, lower 40s overnight. We'll see lower 60s on Sunday, lower 60s Monday, and lower 60s on Tuesday. So some cooler weather coming in here beginning on Friday. Today and tomorrow are going to be pretty warm. I mean, you know, not not terrible, 80. So that's, that's pretty, pretty decent right there. Temperatures around the state currently, the coldest spot, Eva up at a panhandle at 45. We've got some 50s up there. 60s, got 59 out in Sayre. Good morning, Mom. That's where she lives, the The big metropolis of Sayre. And let's see who's got the hot spot. Medill at 66. We've got, uh, what do we got there? we got 66 up at the top at No Water. And that's about it. That's, that's about no 70s or anything yet there. That's pretty... Pretty much what it is. And so that's that. We got got everything else. We got got the news out there. We got got stuff. Okay. You can uh, text in just even good mornings uh, like David has done here this morning. Good morning, David. Welcome to the show, sir. Glad to have you with us. Appreciate all the good morning text this morning. We will be short one good morning text this morning. I got news yesterday that was shocking to me. And uh, sometimes you hear me say, well, "Good morning, Pam." Pam is a gal that uh, I don't know, just a listener, and we met some time ago. And she was ex- a lot of help to me. She she loved helping people. I'm, I'm speaking of Pam Mitchell. Some of you may know Pam. Pamela Sue Mitchell passed away Sunday. Uh, I spoke with her daughter via text yesterday when I saw the obituary come in and I was shocked. I just can't be the same person. And sure enough, it it is. And I I just, you know, it's, it's just shocking when somebody that, and I didn't know her like for a long, long time. And, and as many people have and, and, and might find this shocking, but she was a friend and she helped me a lot. she, when I was doing the town talk program, she, she got involved in helping me get interviews from around the County and just talk to a lot of people. And she was extremely helpful. She was sending me articles as of Friday of this last week, sending me stuff on constantly, how you might want to read this and super kind, super nice to me. She, she was just a super, super nice person, friend of mine. And she's passed away. And it's, it's shocking. Uh, the obituary I, I put in the 8 o'clock um, visitation will be Thursday tomorrow from 1 to 6 at the McClendon Winters Funeral Home. And also, let uh, see, the family will be present to receive friends from 4 to 6 p.m. A grave sign service is going to be held in Arkansas City, Kansas. And uh, that's, again, all the McClendon Winters Funeral Home. Anyway, so that that's just shocking news. It it it's it's just a reminder, is it not every time something like that happens you you realize the brevity of life, how how it's here and then it is gone just like that. It is it's just a stark reminder of how how short life can be and how precious it is and you, you you know, you never know. Nobody knows. No no one knows and we have to take every single day And absolutely make the most of it. We have to. And it's surprising how myself, we, we forget that and we don't, and we, we, um, it's anyway, I I don't know what to say. It's, it's sad. It's, it's uh, pray for the family. It's, uh, you know, it's love people today, you know, love who, who you can and, and, you know, I, it's anyway. I, I, okay, what else? What else we got? We got stuff happening, of course, in the news. Middle East stuff. We got uh, um, Gaza being bombarded. I hope they level the place. They. There's uh, an article here. Gaza's only electric power plant goes dark as troops ready to enter. Gaza Strip's single operational power plant has run out amid ongoing complete siege by Israel. They've shut off supplies. Israel has water, electric supplies of any kind. The death toll rising in Israel and the Gaza Strip. Missiles rain down in both sides. Gaza still firing missiles into Israel. The, the, the death count in Israel has topped over 1,000 now after the the massacre there's about 2 million people living in Gaza and they the Israelis have set up some sort of a corridor for innocent civilians to get out they're trying to help the innocent people in Gaza to get out so they they don't die inadvertently and that's what I was saying yesterday Israel does all that it can to try to preserve human life they want to destroy the enemy they have no no interest in destroying innocent people and they've 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 sent text messages they've done broadcasts they've set up some sort of a corridor for them to try to escape and as you would know the savages inside the hamas savages are telling their people to stay and not listen to all of that these people are the the the, the, the worst living species on the planet, these, these type of people, this Hamas group, there's nothing worse. There's no person, there's no group. I don't believe, I don't know how you could get any worse than what we've seen and are hearing from the mayhem that they've caused the, the mutilating of dead bodies, the beheading of babies, the rape of women, the parading people around in the streets and, and the public, display it's like, they, what can they, what can they do next? Like, how bad can it be? What can we do to, to lower ourselves even more than it? It seemed like they can't go any further. They continue to do so it's, and then, and then what's so, so frustrating and so maddening that you see here in America and Western countries around, it's not just us people supporting these savages. You know, and what do you say about these people? I mean, yeah, they got the right to, to, to support whoever they want to. It's a free country. That's great. We're not arguing that. It's just like, why would you? Why would you support these kind of savages? How, you know, it's, you know, it's one thing. If you're a Palestinian, you know, sympathizer and you want them to have their own state or whatever it may be, you can feel that way. But you cannot, I don't know how you bring yourself to celebrate. The savagery that you see with your with your team over there. If that's your team, I don't think anybody listening, it's their team, but politicians of ours waving the Palestinian flag, Rashida Talib, particularly, or Han Omar and the scum like that. Students all over the place, these universities, Dearborn, Michigan had a big rally yesterday all bunch of Palestinian Hamas loving folk and it's just it's it's sad to see what's happening in academia particularly our our colleges the upper elite ivy league particularly the worst brainwashing our kids to believe in socialism marxism communism barbarism like like what we're seeing and it's it's so disgusting it's so It's so alarming for me to think about what's happening to our country from the inside. It's also alarming what the hell is going to happen from the outside. All this pouring over our southern border, which is not that far from here, you know. Well, we're kind of close to that. So you've got the internal rot from academia just pouring and brainwashing our children on a daily basis. You got the external threat from those coming in from the southern border, and God only knows where else they're trying to come in the northern border as well, and uh, and so anyway, all that's going on, it's something else. So anyway, they're they're beginning the invasion into Gaza, I guess pretty quickly the, the ground invasion. They're, they're of course, they've been striking it with air stuff a lot. We've been sent we're, we're now sending. I think we've already maybe sent some planes. Some jets over there, ammunitions, monies, all that. And hopefully that'll continue. And you know, this is what what I said to Congressman Burkeen yesterday. It's you got most politicians currently supporting Israel. And rightfully so. The question will be, how long will that support last? And that's that's what I kind of mentioned to him at the end of the conversation yesterday. When Israel begins to go in there and, and blow the living hell out of these, this this area, the Gaza Strip, Hamas, all over the place, and, and there's lots of people going to die, how long will that support last? That's the question. The Israeli government uh, put out a warning, I think today, I don't know exactly, that they, uh, they expect the Hamas to start... Releasing videos of torture of the hostages, and they're they're warning people don't don't be passing around videos and pictures of this. This is part of the warfare, propagandist warfare, psychological warfare. They call it. They expect that to start happening at some point, and it's just it's it'll have effect on you know citizens around the world. They'll it could be. It could weaken our resolve to continue to go in and do whatever it is. That's, that's expected to come as well. Uh, thank you, Tony. Good morning, by the way. Appreciate that. Praying also for God's protection of Israel. we got to continue to pray for Israel for sure. And other uh, condolences coming in on the Wendy Chevy text line re- regarding Pam Mitchell. Yes, thank you. That's appreciated. Uh, James Woods tweeted this out this morning. Intelligence failures have precipitated catastrophic consequences throughout history. Think Pearl Harbor. The questions are, again, about how did this happen? How did we all miss this invasion by the savages, Israel particularly? How did their intelligence fail? And he points out there's been failures like this throughout history. Pearl Harbor. I mean, think about the intelligence failure there, September 11th. How did we miss that? And now, of course, the Hamas attacks. And then we got millions of unvetted military age males pouring across our southern border. What are we doing to avoid the inevitable? Hmm. So Biden came out yesterday and and spoke of his support of Israel. What he did not say is we are going to freeze the $6 billion that we just handed to Iran. They can still supposedly freeze that money. It's sitting in a different account, maybe in the central bank somewhere. When you look at this and you hear all of the people talking about the $6 billion, Trump predicted this in August, I don't know if I – I guess I don't have – I don't know. Where's my stuff? I don't know if I have all this or not. I I, I just kind of was – it's kind of in a daze. I don't know. Trump, there's a video out there, I guess I didn't say, it. him predicting – and there's. it's not just him. It's so many people talking about the $6 billion, and he predicted in August this will be a disaster for the Middle East and the world. There will be bloodshed. And he came right out and said it. I can't remember who put that out there, but anyway, it's a, it's a montage of videos uh, about how disastrous this is going to be. And, you know, they, they call, well, we got the hostages back. We got a hostage. well, we gave them hostages too. Why did we have to add $6 billion to the trade? You get your people, we'll get our people. Oh, and here's $6 billion. And it's the, the Obama administration did the same thing. Why did, why are they possessed with giving money to Iran? Obama did the same damn thing. Remember the pallets of cash? And it makes you just wonder, like, are these people, everybody knows, everybody knows for decades, Iran is the the largest state sponsor of terrorism in the world. Everybody knows that. They've always been that way. It's who they are. Why would you give them money? Why would you support them in any fashion? And why would the Biden administration do it on September 11th, no less? To lift the sanctions, here's your $6 billion we've been holding. We're going to give it back to you ceremoniously on 9-11. What is that, some sort of a virtuous gesture of some sort? That's what I think this must have been. The lefties up there that are running the show currently, the progressives, so to speak, that they call themselves. That's the kind of crap they do. Let's show how virtuous we are by being stupid as we can be and give them a sign here on September 11th. Let's hand them some cash. These terrorists. I mean, is is it that, or is it just ignorance incompetence? Are they doing this on purpose? Do they want to destroy the Western world, the Israel to start with in the middle East? I mean, you have to ask yourself, what the hell are they doing? Are they doing this on purpose? What, how, what are they thinking? Nobody thought this was a good idea. Anyway, the Biden administration—that's that, what it is. What, what else can you say about it? It's a disaster on every single front. Everything they have that they do turns to. Sh- and it's just, it's just, it's like how how bad can this be? You know, it's like we we left you with a great economy, low unemployment. The border was shut down, and you've just destroyed it all from day one. You, you've prided yourself with all your governing prowess. You started giving you two hundred thirty million dollars day one. Give it back to the Palestinians. Let's start that rolling again. Let's show some weakness to the world. Let's show incompetence and weakness and see what happens. Okay, well, now we got Russia coming into Ukraine. We got this deal in the Middle East now. We've got pouring in invasion on our border as well. It's an invasion, it's what it is. And yet, people are going to go out there and vote Democrat next time. Watch. (laughs) It's just shocking. I don't don't know. I, I can't wrap my mind around it very much, very small mind anyway. I came across this yesterday. This is a speech given to some military dudes. This is in the Jerusalem Post. And there's a quote this guy says, this IDF reserve commander talking to his, his, his fellows before they go to war and singing Hatikva, the song of hope. It's the anthem. Listen to this quote. In war, it is the spirit that prevails, not the weapon. I thought that was a brilliant quote. I don't know if the guy just came up with that or if that's somebody else famous said that. In war, it is the spirit that prevails, not the weapon. And I guess that's biblical, right? I mean, we, it just brings to mind the, the New Testament scripture. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. And how does it go? But mighty in the spirit through the, how does that go? You, you know the one I'm talking about the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not physical, but spiritual warfare, spiritual weaponry. You know, this is, it's kind of on those same lines It's the spirit. Of course, this guy's talking about, I guess, maybe the spirit of a man that's going to prevail your spirit, your, your resolve, your spirit. You know, that's, it's a great quote. I think it that could apply to so many things, not just war. I mean, it could apply to life. All right? It's the spirit that prevails. Not the weapon, not the horse spirit. Anyway, that's I thought that was good. It struck me anyway. Somebody texted in here. A listener, it's been said Obama is a jihadi. Some of the people he had relations with before he became president were very questionable. You know, nothing would surprise me. That wouldn't surprise me at all. I mean, you remember, I remember he went around on the apology tour. Remember, he went around the world, apology tour when he became president, bowing to the people in the Middle East particularly. Loved to bow down to those people. And the only thing they know is strength. They recognize strength and power. They don't recognize diplomacy. And that's what's got to be shown to these savages is strength. <sighs> Overwhelming unequivocal strength. Um oh my gosh, where where are we where are we even start? I don't even know. There's there's some stories I came across yesterday that I thought were good. Threads of survival stories. I haven't read there's a ton of these stories. Um uh but I don't know what I, I could start with some of this stuff. And I apologize for not having I sound like I'm a little scattered. It's probably because I am not totally got it together with all the stuff that's going on. Um, the parents of an Israeli police officer were ambushed by Palestinian terrorists in their home. The mother offered them refreshments and small talk to keep them calm. She was able to keep her husband herself alive. An elite team then rescued them. So I did see a little bit of this this morning. I I was kind of checking this out a little bit. The grandmother outsmarts Hamas terrorists in her own home. Rachel and David Edry survive a harrowing 20-hour ordeal, hold up with four terrorists, maybe even five, in their home in Afakim. Let's read this story. The Hamas gunman aimed his rifle at the elderly couple in their home in southern Israel early Saturday morning. He held a grenade on Rachel Edry's head, began screaming Allah Akbar and announced that he was a martyr. She maintained her composure, thinking quickly, she offered the group of five terrorists refreshments and later a meal, engaging them in small talk, playing for a time until security personnel could arrive. For the next 20 hours, Rachel and her husband David underwent a harrowing ordeal with five Palestinian terrorists. I don't know how I'm alive, she she said in an interview. About 7 a.m. Saturday, when the rocket warning siren wailed in the city. About 12 miles west of Beersheba and far out of range of the Israeli communities along the border. The uh, family, the Edris, made their way to the community shelter to take cover. Thousands of rockets were coming in from Hamas, of course. As they made their way back to their home, they noticed one of the bedroom windows had been broken into. When she suddenly, she and her husband were surrounded by five armed Hamas terrorists who snuck in during the rocket attack. My first thought was my two sons, because they're in the police force, she said. Thank the Lord they weren't home because they would have been murdered first. The attackers who were also armed with a rocket launcher placed a grenade on her head and aimed their rifles at her and her husband, ordering them inside home. She was trying to think. She started talking to these people. Do you Would you like something to drink? Would you like some tea or some coffee? She offered them some some drinks. Meanwhile, an elite police force had arrived outside the house, accompanied by her police officer's son, who had gotten word of the attack and rushed to his parents' house. An officer attempted to negotiate with the terrorists to get Rachel released to no avail. No, we will all die. One of the terrorists responded to an offer to speak with his family by phone. Edry had the police negotiator bring in coffee and cookies, which they placed at the edge of the room. It was like... We were in a dream. We did not know what would happen to us, she recounts. As time passed, Edry was concerned that her captors would get agitated as a result of hunger, so she offered them some lunch. If they were hungry, that would have been the end of me and my husband, she thought. Undeterred by the ever-present danger, she began to talk with her captors, try to dissuade them about their planned murder. I told them, don't do it. We are brothers, she said. No, I'm Shaheed, one of the terrorists replied, using the Arab word for martyr, and pointed the gun at her husband. Rachel thought, they're going to shoot us. Her husband said he was totally helpless. Come sit by me, she told her husband. We'll read the Jewish prayer, the Shema Yisrael, and God will be with us. Of course, many of you know the Shema is the holiest prayer in Israel. It's the main prayer. Later, the hostage, negotiated, uh, the hostage negotiator asked Rachel from outside how many terrorists were in the house. She put her hand on the side of her head and signaled with five fingers. Rachel, don't you dare, the terrorist warned her. I just have a headache, she responded. Meanwhile, outside the house, a gun battle ensued, leaving one of the captors who had stepped out dead, but four remained inside after the Afternoon wore on, Edry offered to bandage the injured hand of one of the terrorists, seeking to soothe him, brought him water. As night closed in, the attackers became anxious that they would be surrounded. Edry herself began to lose it, despite her outward demeanor. I think, I didn't think we would make it, she confessed. I kept reading reading the Shema Yisrael. Outside, the elite rescue team was getting ready to make their move. From just outside their home, Edry's son had drawn them a detailed diagram of the building's interior. He begged to join the team, but was told he could not. At night, Edry was near her husband on the couch with the four terrorists less than two feet away. In the early morning hours, the rescue team, aided by a drone and the outline of the house that their son had drawn, burst into the home through the roof with a special rescue dog, killing all four terrorists. The Edris escaped unscathed. Rachel's only injury was an inadvertent scratch from the dog. I just don't know how I'm alive. That is an amazing story. And I, I don't even know where to go from all that. I'm just thinking about so many things. The continued prayer of the Shema, the, the hand of God that had to be upon this family. To, I mean, it's a complete miracle, really, that the terrorists didn't just wipe them all out and that's what they do i mean that's just it's shocking you know she was she was adept in her strategy obviously god with them and then the the way that the israelis came in and decided to do all this stuff too i mean this is one thing i do believe about israelis the military the intelligence it's almost second to none i mean i think these guys have been doing this for a long time they know how these suckers operate? These terrorists—they, you know—they're a tiny, tiny country surrounded by a bunch of terrorists. And then they—they uh, they know how to do it, and they got it done this way. And it's just—it's just, it's just shocking, it's just amazing, quite miraculous. Let's see. We got Faye Roy in here. Good morning, sir. Welcome to the show. Appreciate that. Glad you're joining us. Uh, somebody texted in. Is interesting point. Does Israel have Second Amendment rights? Apparently, they don't. No, they do not. I know when I went to Israel, I lived over there for a little while, not very long, just a little while. And man, I hated that I couldn't take my gun over there. I had my buddies that I played for, for you yesterday that were military guys, and uh, I was trying to figure out some way to get a gun so I could carry a gun because I just I felt I'd be safer, you know. But I, but I couldn't. Couldn't get a gun over there. Obviously, can't. You know, if you're not even a non-citizen, but they don't have the only people that have weapons in, in, in Israel are the military, you know, police or military. And everybody goes to the military over there, by the way. I mean, if you're a young person, you're, you're conscripted to two years military service when you graduate high school, which I honestly think is a good idea. I, I think that we should do that here. Really just teach some kids, some discipline, some respect, some love for country. It's so weird when you're walking around over there and you see these... I mean, it, it probably would unnerve some people. You see these teenage girls with these AR-15s or whatever kind of rifles they were carrying strapped over their back. You know, you are being in a convenience store or in a restaurant or something. These young people carrying machine guns. Didn't make me feel unsafe. Made me feel more safe, quite frankly. Not that... Because I, I was just like, you know, it's just, this is an Israeli with a, with a gun. I think that's that's a good thing. <laughs> and they're obviously going to be trained in... Uh, but no, you can't you can't carry weapons over there, which you know you would think the world would learn from from America how we can protect ourselves, and thank God we have that over here, and and we can never let that go. You know the Democrat folks want to continue to eat away at that, and you know, gun control, gun control, guns are bad, guns are bad, guns are bad. No, it's the people, it's not the guns. That seems like that would be so logical, but it's not. Because if it wasn't for the guns, if there was no such thing as guns and knife's bad, knife's bad, knife's bad, no, it's still the people. And if there wasn't anything such things as knives, then it'd be, be, be condemning rocks. Rocks bad, rock's bad, no, still the people. It's always been the people, always gonna be the people. It's not the weapon of choice. But thank God we have a Second Amendment here and a First Amendment. Our our founding fathers were brilliant. And the Constitution, the Bill of Rights is sublime material. We're fortunate to have it, but I'm telling you what, we better hang on to it because it's slipping away with goofy politicians. We got to take a break. We'll come back. Stay with us. 838 is our time, 22 minutes till 9 o'clock, and then that's radio time. In case you're wondering, Trisha Bailey coming up with that. 66 degrees. I'm Brooks Brewer. Glad to have you with us for the show today. Appreciate you. You want to get involved, you can. Don't be afraid to do that. You can text us on the Wendy Chevy text line or give us a call. Just had a text here. I was reading. Um, a listener texted in, said uh, somebody had just told her about Pamela Mitchell passing away. She said, Pam and I often had lunch together, lovely person, funny, cared about Okmulgee, the state of Oklahoma, great country, loved her family, especially her grandkids, very proud of them. They became friends over the past year and learned a lot from Pam, will be missed. I was speaking with the daughter again via text yesterday, I said, boy, she loved politics and she was always contributing to me and helping me out with stuff and stories and Just shocking news, uh, in case you missed it, Pam Mitchell passed over the weekend. Heart attack, just just like that. So, take advantage of of your, you know, I thank God every morning for life, breath, and good health. Just because God is the one that grants it. And you don't know when your time is. None of us do. And you got to make the most of it every single day. So Trump is roaring through the countryside with campaign support. There's an article here in the Washington Examiner. Former President Donald Trump's campaign juggernaut is roaring through the country with such force that now he is winning the general election vote by 53% support from 2024 likely voters. The, um, coming on the same day that the morning consult survey had him leading the GOP race with a high of 61%. A Rasmussen report survey said that more than a majority of voters plan to vote for Trump. I think this, this, this war now with Israel is also helping Trump. I would think, I mean, I I hear a lot of people just, it's just like, you know, what we need is Trump. We need Trump in there. Now we need Trump now in there. If we had Trump in there, somebody like that. And, and it's, this is, This is weighing in his favor. Trump, of course, was one of the best friends, I don't know, maybe the best friend ever for Israel that I could tell. He had a great relationship with Netanyahu. He moved the embassy. We talked about that yesterday from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. Nobody had the balls to do that ever. It's been supposed to be done since 1995, and nobody would do it. They all said a proclamation they were going to do it. They never would do it, recognizing Jerusalem as the capital of Israel, which it is. And Trump, the one that did it. Then he 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 gets. I mean, think about the miraculous here. Really, he's got this Abraham Accords going, which is fostering peace in the Middle East. Got Israel to sign with the UAE, and now Saudi Arabia was looking to sign the the accords, and then Iran doesn't want that because Saudi Arabia and Iran are enemies, and so Iran sponsors the deal and and happens to do it on the anniversary of the Yom Kippur War of '73, et cetera, et cetera. On the Holy Day, day after the day. And now it's 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 all blowing up. Obviously, bad choice of terms, probably, but no pun intended there. But Trump would would uh, would be a, a guy to take command in a situation like this. And Trump predicted this, which I mentioned earlier about back in August, when, when, when the six billion dollars was released from the ignorant, in, incompetent. Oatmeal for brains by administration to the terrorist regime of Iran. And we, you know, we wouldn't have done something so stupid if we had, had Trump in there. And so the polls are are showing in favor of a Trump comeback. 80% of Republicans are likely to vote for Trump, 80%, including 64% who are very likely to vote for him. Perhaps surprisingly, however, 30% of Democrats also say they're at least somewhat likely to vote for Trump in next year's presidential election. (laughs) 30%. I mean, you know, so you got some Democrats out there, let's just all be real here, that have half a brain left. that are like, you know, it sucks now. Life is not getting better. It's more expensive to go to the grocery store than it used to be. We got wars breaking out everywhere. It, it was better under Trump. Even the Democrats are coming around going, well, gosh. Can we bring ourselves to vote for a better life? Well, I don't know. Even if it's Trump, I don't know. That's pretty rough, Margaret. But maybe. And some of them say, I, I, I guess we could. I mean, we don't have to tell anybody who we voted for. Let's just get Trump back in there. Hell, things are better back then. Gas was a buck seventy-nine. The polling outfit added majorities of every racial category. 53% of whites, 50% of blacks, 52% of other minorities say they are at least somewhat likely to vote for Trump in 24. 25% of black Trump voters said they would be more likely to vote for him if he picked a black running mate. Which I guess could be Tim Scott, there could be others. So anyway, this is all playing to his favor. I don't, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know who else could do it. I don't know how DeSantis would handle a, a campaign like this or, you know, with well, let's just say this is, this was going on while, while he was a president. I like DeSantis a lot, as you know. He was a former military guy himself. He did serve our military. I think he's a great governor. I find him to be resolute and solid. I don't think he's flaky or wishy-washy. I don't think he's establishment type either. I like Ron DeSantis. But I have to admit, Trump wouldn't, wouldn't know how to handle this, I think. Now, Trump, to his discredit, had a bunch of goons around him that were terrible hires. You know, he just did. He, he, he brought in people that were terrible. And you can't deny that. And Trump had, had, you know, he made a ton of mistakes. Like the damn vaccine. Promoting it, he still thinks that's the greatest thing since sliced bread. And it's not. Wrong. Big time wrong on that one. Speaking of inflation, they're saying it's worse than we thought. A measure of wholesale prices rose more than expected in September, indicating simmering inflation pressures for the U.S. economy. Okay, awesome. I, I think it's way worse than they're telling us anyway. I mean, just you can just go around and look at the price of stuff. Now, from what it was, it's not 5%. It's way more than that. But they don't want to tell us how bad it really is. Right, 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 right. What is What, what time is it? 8.46? What is today? Today is Wednesday. We've got... A, uh, an interview planned f- with uh, S- Senator Lankford tomorrow. Um, I'm going It's going to be recorded, I think, unless they come up with a Friday deal. I've been trying to get with their press person to get it settled. We don't have it settled yet, but we will be talking to him soon. Probably tomorrow. Anyway, and I'll play it for the Friday show. Today's Wednesday, there, there, we talked to Burkeen yesterday, Congressman Burkeen, There should be a vote today on the Speaker of the House for the Republicans. My prediction is Jim Jordan will handily win that. They will get it done today. Scalise has got a lot of votes, but I think they're concerned also about his health. He's battling cancer and whatnot. So I think Jim Jordan's going to get that, and then they'll get back to business. Got a listener texting in here. It's shocking that only 30% of the Democrats would think about voting for Trump. That tells you 70% of them have no common sense at all. I know. It's like, well, who the hell else are you going to vote for, Mr. Mrs. Democrat? You gonna vote for Joe? Again? I mean, I mean, who are you going to vote for if you're a Democrat and you don't vote for a Republican? Who's it gonna be? Is there any Democrat out there that would be willing to call the program and let us know? Or even text the program? Is there a Democrat even listening to this program? <laughs> I mean, I know there's some Democrats. My mother-in-law is still a Democrat. God bless her soul. She told me yesterday she's never voted for a Republican or a Democrat in her life. She's been a she's old. God, she's like, she's ancient. She was here. When Dirt was created, I think, I don't know. She she acts like she's 25. Bless her heart. she she's really 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 old, but she acts like she's not. And she climbs up on ladders and cleans the microwave and I'm like, "Hey, you get off that stool. You don't need to be climbing." I not getting not going. I'm not. It's like, "Oh my god. Woman, she thinks she's I mean literally. The lady's 90 years old, all right? Little old bitty thing." climbing up on a, a little two-step stool, trying to clean the microwave. Stop that. I forbid her for coming out of her room without her walkers. <laughs> I caught her the other day. Where's your car? She, anyway, she's she's using it. She's doing pretty good. But what got me onto that? Oh, yeah, she's a Democrat. She's never voted for a Democrat in her life. Just never thought to change the party. And that's the way a lot of Democrats do. That, that, you know. But, but if you're a Democrat and you're thinking about voting for a Democrat, who the hell are you going to vote for? You just lost Robert F. Kennedy Jr. He's now independent. He just destroyed Biden's chance of getting reelected. I mean, would you vote for Biden? Would anybody listening vote for Biden again? And if so, why? And if you're not going to vote for Biden, but you want to vote for a Democrat, who's it going to be? Are you hoping that they get the the, the dingbat from California in there, Newsom? Is that going to be your person? I mean, who, who else is running on the Democrat side? Is anybody besides... Mush for rains going up. I mean, it's like what are you thinking? America is going to hell in three years, and and you still thinking about maybe voting for a Democrat? And if I, so, see, it's silent. We got we got nothing but crickets here. No no calls, no texts, no Democrats listening. I guess I've run them off. I get it. It'd be tough to be listening to this program if you're a progressive, but I don't understand it. Lord help us all. Okay, let's see what what else is out there? Oh, we got this (laughs) speaking of Democrat policies. This is rich right here. This is awesome right here. California. Democratic lawmaker vying to replace Feinstein in the Senate calls for get this. Let me give me drum roll here. $50 $50 per hour federal minimum wage. That's right. Five zero. Let's <laughs> all pause for a little morning laughter, shall we? California Representative Barbara Lee thinks U.S. minimum wage workers should earn six figure income. A proposal made Sunday evening during a Democratic Senate candidate forum as she sought to draw contrast with her opponents in a tightly bunched field. She's running against fellow Democratic Representative Pencilneck Adam Schiff and Katie Porter for the seat of the late Diane Feinstein. And she's thrown out there a federal minimum wage of $50 per hour or $104,000 per year. The current minimum wage is $7.25 or roughly $15,000 a year, Fifteen. dollars the California minimum wage is is the highest in the nation at fifteen fifty which is thirty two thousand annually but she wants to go to fifty fifty five zero dollars an hour. Just kick it on up there from from fifteen to fifty. Why not <laughs> oh I, I tell you what it's interesting. she'll win California now, says one listener. I mean, it's what it is. You will just like it's like the ice cream analogy. Did I not tell you this story back? I mean, you remember? Always remember, okay? My little fifth grade ice cream analogy, where the boy and the girl are running for student council. One wants to the boy wants to redo the playground, got to paint it, get some new monkey bars, and the girl's gonna give everybody free ice cream. And she wins hands down, overwhelmingly Everybody wants ice cream. She has no way to pay for it, of course. It's just a promise of ice cream. And this is a promise of ice cream. I will give you ice cream. I will give you triple dip of ice cream. Just vote for me. Fifty dollars now. Hell, why not make it a hundred? Why stop at fifty? Come on, let's kick it up there. Why? Why? Be bold for crying out loud. Make it a hundred. Do I hear hundred? Hey, any hand? going to get a hundred. One, twenty-five. I mean, why stop? Let's just let's just make it as much as we. I mean, I mean, I mean, a hundred thousand years—not bad. <laughs> I've heard. Anyway, that's that's your Democrat thinking for you right there. Shift said the federal minimum wage, which is uh, should be twenty five an hour, he thinks he's he's not quite ready to go to fifty, and he's thinking you know twenty five. And it's like these people have – of course, they've never run a business. None of these people have ever run a business. They have no idea how this works. <laughs> Zero idea how to produce, make money. All they know is politics and politicians and the government and taxes. And you people give to me, and I'll have a nice salary, and I'll go around and have meetings and luncheons and I'll speak at events and I'll shake hands and go to the parades. And I'll make policy that, you know, yes, it may bankrupt businesses and run people out and actually be worse for employees because the businesses are not going to fire. But because they can't afford them and they're going to go out of business, go do something else. And now all the employees have been left unemployed because, well, you ran the business guy out and, you know, he left California because your policies are so bad. And then the ones that are left, you've broken them with your stupid hourly wages. And so now everybody is unemployed. Good job. Mr. and Mrs. Democrat politician in California. <laughs> this is not rocket scientist, people. <laughs> uh, it's rich, isn't it? I'm telling you, it is rich and chocolatey. Uh, what else is happening in news? Have we got anything else? Let me see. What do we got? Um. So okay, that I'm just kind of reading. You guys, just mind I'll just take a little pause. As I read through this stuff. Does Does Robert F. Kennedy have a a chance in hell? He went as a as an independent. Now, is could it be? Could it Could it happen? People say it's just going to hurt the Democratic side mostly. I don't know. Maybe. Oh, here it is. Here's the video. We've got a little bit of a moment. Let me get this back fired up here. So I found the Trump video thing that I was looking for earlier where he predicted this. It's not just Trump, but here it is. I'm going to play a little clip for you. This is, this is back in August of this year, not that long ago. play a little clip here. This is... See what this
1: says here. Crooked Joe Biden just agreed to pay a six billion dollar ransom to the Iranian dictatorship in exchange for hostages. This is yet another Biden surrender and a further blistering humiliation of the United States of America to the world stage. But even worse, this decision will be extremely deadly. Biden is giving six billion dollars to the world's leading state sponsor of terrorism. Just as when Obama sent the Iranian regime pallets of cash for hostages in the dark of night. Remember, plain loads of cash. Biden's ransom payment will be immediately used to stoke violence, bloodshed, and mayhem throughout the Middle East and all around the world, costing countless innocent lives. It's also guaranteed that the fanatical Iranian regime will use this money. To advance their nuclear weapons program, putting Israel, the United States, and the entire world in very grave peril. They are reportedly just weeks away from a nuclear bomb, something which would have never happened under the Trump administration. Tragically, Biden's ransom payments also make it dramatically more likely that even more Americans will be held captive in the future, because Biden has shown that he will pay gargantuan sums of money meaning the kidnappers turn a massive profit. They're making money hand over fist. In other words, Biden has put a bounty on the head of every American citizen abroad. Under my leadership, we brought home more than 50 hostages from all over the world, and we never paid ransom money to do it, not at all. We did it with diplomacy, and we did it through strength, and we will do it again when we are reelected as President of the United States. Our country is failing. We are a failing nation. We will turn it around, and we will make America great again.
0: I mean, he completely predicted it, and, and I, don't, I, think, I think it's not that he's clairvoyant. He's not a prophet. It's just everybody knows. When you give money to the biggest state sponsor of terrorism in, on the planet, they're going to use it for terrorist purposes, and he, he completely nailed it. It's going to be bloodshed and mayhem in the Middle East and across the world. And and now we have the jihadis calling for a day of jihad for Friday of this week all over the world, trying to get people to rise up all over the world and kill particularly Jews. And this is exactly, exactly what he said. Absolutely. I mean, did he not just completely predict exactly? And that's why it makes you think. You know damn well the Biden administration knows this, too. They know. You've heard them if you've been watching any of this stuff. And some people, I know, you probably get tired of it. The Anthony Blinkens of the world out there, they know. They've said it on television over and over. Well, yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, Iran it has got a history. Yeah, well, that's true. And we know, and we can't predict for sure. I mean, we know that... With, Yes, you can predict for sure because of all of their history and because they come out and say, we will use this money for whatever we want to use this money for. I mean, so it makes you think they have got to be doing this on purpose because everybody else knows when you give this cash to Iran what they're going to do with it. So why would you do it unless – you want the outcome somehow. Why would you want the outcome? I don't know, I, except for these globalist, elitist, progressive whacks are looking for some kind of end-of-world scenario. They want, the, they want to destroy the Western way of life, I think, and bring it all to a close, and then just the elitists will be in power, and we'll have the the poor and the rich, nobody in between, the middle class gone. What else can it be? I, I don't know. It's above my pay grade, and it's, we're also out of time. So there is also that. We have got Tradio people ready to go. Let me see. Did we get a text here? Let me get one. Let me do a little check here. This may be for – no. Biden forgot about that. It says Fay Roy. Yeah, well, I know. Biden forgets where he is, but um, Biden's not running the show. It's all the people that are surrounding Biden, the little handlers that are running the show. That's why they want Biden back in there, not because Biden's anything but because they can tell him what to do, when to do it, how to do it, why to do it, and they they run the show. Anyway, we're out of time. You guys have a fantastic Wednesday. Thanks for listening. We'll do it again on Friday. We'll see you.